Book six, chapter three of the Wars of the Jews. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Anne Boulay. The Wars of the Jews by Josephus. Translated by William Whiston. Chapter three. Concerning a stratagem that was devised by the Jews, by which they burnt many of the Romans with another description of the terrible famine that was in the city. 1. But now the seditious that were in the temple did every day openly endeavor to beat off the soldiers that were upon the banks, and on the twenty-seventh day of the forenamed month, Panamus, or Tamus, contrived such a stratagem as this. They filled that part of the western cloister which was between the beams, footnote, of the court of the Gentiles, and footnote, and the roof under them, with dry materials, as also with bitumen and pitch, and then retired from that place, as though they were tired with the pains they had taken, at which procedure of theirs, many of the most inconsiderate among the Romans, who were carried away with violent passions, followed hard after them as they were retiring, and applied ladders to the cloister, and got up to it suddenly. But the prudent part of them, when they understood this unaccountable retreat of the Jews, stood still where they were before however the cloister was full of those that were gone up the ladders at which time the jews set it all on fire and as the flame burst out everywhere on a sudden the romans that were out of the danger were seized with a very great consternation as were those that were in the midst of the danger in the utmost distress so when they perceived themselves surrounded with the flames some of them threw themselves down backwards into the city and some among their enemies in the temple as did many leap down to their own men and broke their limbs to pieces but a great number of those that were going to take these violent methods were prevented by the fire though some prevented the fire by their own swords however the fire was on the sudden carried so far as to surround those who would have otherwise perished as for caesar himself he could not however but commiserate those that thus perished although they got up thither without any order for doing so, since there was no way of giving them any relief. Yet was this comfort to those that were destroyed, that every body might see that person grieve, for whose sake they came to their end. For he cried out openly to them, and leaped up, and exhorted those that were about him to do their utmost to relieve them. So every one of them died cheerfully, as carrying along with him these words and this intention of Caesar as a sepulchral monument. Some there were indeed who retired into the wall of the cloister, which was broad, and were preserved out of the fire, but were then surrounded by the Jews, and although they made resistance against the Jews for a long time, yet were they wounded by them, and at length they all fell down dead. 2. At the last a young man among them, whose name was Longus, became a decoration of this sad affair, and while every one of them that perished were worthy of a memorial, this man appeared to deserve it beyond all the rest. Now the Jews admired this man for his courage, and were further desirous of having him slain, so they persuaded him to come down to them, upon security given him for his life. But Cornelius his brother persuaded him on the contrary, not to tarnish his own glory, nor that of the Roman army. He complied with this last advice, and lifting up his sword before both armies, he slew himself. Yet there was one Artorius among those surrounded by the fire who escaped by his subtlety. For when he had with a loud voice called to him Lucius, 
one of his fellow soldiers that laid with him in the same tent and said to him i do leave thee heir of all i have if thou wilt come and receive me upon this he came running to receive him readily artorius then threw himself down upon him and saved his own life while he that received him was dashed so vehemently against the stone pavement by the other's weight that he died immediately this melancholy accident made the romans sad for a while but still it made them more upon their guard for the future and was of advantage to them against the delusions of the jews by which they were greatly damaged through their unacquaintedness with the places and with the nature of the inhabitants now this cloister was burnt down as far as john's tower which he built in the war he made against simon over the gates that led to the zistus the jews also cut off the rest of that cloister from the temple after they had destroyed those that got up to it but the next day the romans burnt down the northern cloister entirely as far as the east cloister whose common angle joined to the valley that was called cedron and was built over it on which account the depth was frightful and this was the state of the temple at that time three now of those that perished by famine in the city the number was prodigious and the miseries they underwent were unspeakable for if so much as the shadow of any kind of food did anywhere appear a war was commenced presently and the dearest friends fell a-fighting one with another about it snatching from each other the most miserable supports of life nor would men believe that those who were dying had no food but the robbers would search them when they were expiring lest any one should have concealed food in their bosoms and counterfeited dying nay these robbers gaped for want and ran about stumbling and staggering along like mad dogs and reeling against the doors of the men like drunken men they would also in the great distress they were in rush into the very same houses two or three times in one and the same day moreover their hunger was so intolerable that it obliged them to chew everything while they gathered such things as the most sordid animals would not touch and endured to eat them nor did they at length abstain from girdles and shoes and the very leather which belonged to their shields they pulled off and gnawed the very wisps of old hay became food to some and some gathered up fibres and sold a very small weight of them for four attic drachmae but why do i describe the shameless impudence that the famine brought on men in eating their inanimate objects while i am going to relate a matter of fact the like to which no history relates either among the greeks or barbarians footnote what josephus observes here that no parallel examples had been recorded before this time of such sieges wherein mothers were forced by extremity of famine to eat their own children as had been threatened to the jews in the law of moses upon abstinent disobedience and more than once fulfilled is by dr hudson supposed to have had two or three parallel examples in later ages he might have had more examples i suppose of persons on shipboard or in a desert island casting lots for each other's bodies but all this was only in cases where they knew of no possible way to avoid death themselves but by killing and eating others whether such examples come up to the present case may be doubted the romans were not only willing but very desirous to grant those jews in jerusalem both their lives and their liberties and to save both their city and their temple but the zealots the robbers and the seditious would hearken to no terms of submission they voluntarily chose to reduce the citizens to that extremity as to force mothers to this unnatural barbarity which in all its circumstances has not i still suppose been hitherto paralleled among the rest of mankind 
End footnote. It is horrible to speak of, and incredible when heard. I had indeed willingly omitted this calamity of ours, that I might not seem to deliver what is so portentous to posterity, but that I have innumerable witnesses to it in my own age. And besides, my country would have had little reason to thank me for suppressing the miseries that she underwent at this time. 4. There was a certain woman that dwelt beyond Jordan. Her name was Mary. Her father was Eleazar of the village Bethazob, which signifies the house of Hysop. She was eminent for her family and her wealth, and had fled away to Jerusalem with the rest of the multitude, and was with them besieged therein at this time. The other effects of this woman had been already seized upon, such I mean as she had brought with her out of Perea, and removed to the city. What she had treasured up besides, as also what food she had contrived to save, had also been carried off by the rapacious guards, who came every day running into her house for that purpose. This put the poor woman into a very great passion, and by the frequent reproaches and imprecations she eased at these rapacious villains, she had provoked them to anger against her, but none of them, either out of the indignation she had raised against herself, or out of commiseration of her case, would take away her life, and if she found any food, she perceived her labors were for others and not for herself, and it was now become impossible for her anyway to find any more food, while the famine pierced through her very bowels and marrow, when also her passion was fired to a degree beyond the famine itself, nor did she consult with anything but with her passion and the necessity she was in. She then attempted a most unnatural thing, and snatching up her son, who was a child sucking at her breast, she said, O thou miserable infant, for whom shall I preserve thee in this war, this famine, and this sedition? As to the war with the Romans, if they preserve our lives, we must be slaves. This famine also will destroy us, even before that slavery comes upon us. Yet are these seditious rogues more terrible than both the other. Come on, be thou my food, and be thou a fury to these seditious varlets. And a byword to the world which is all that is now wanting to complete the calamities of us Jews. As soon as she had said this, she slew her son, and then roasted him, and eat the one half of him, and kept the other half by her concealed. Upon this the seditious came in presently, and smelling the horrid scent of this food, they threatened her that they would cut her throat immediately if she did not show them what food she had gotten ready. She replied that she had saved a very fine portion of it for them, and withal uncovered what was left of her son. Hereupon they seized with a horror and amazement of mind, and stood astonished at the sight, when she said to them, This is mine own son, and what hath been done was mine own doing. Come, eat this food, for I have eaten of it myself. Do not you pretend to be either more tender than a woman, or more compassionate than a mother, but if you be so scrupulous, and do abominate this my sacrifice, as I have eaten the one half, let the rest be reserved for me also. After which those men went out trembling, being never so much affrighted at anything as they were at this, and with some difficulty they left the rest of that meat to the mother, upon which the whole city was full of this horrid action immediately, and while everybody laid this miserable case before their own eyes, they trembled, as if this unheard of action had been done by themselves. So those that were thus distressed by the famine were very desirous to die, and those already dead were esteemed happy, because they had not lived long enough either to hear or to see such miseries. 5. 
This sad instance was quickly told to the Romans, some of whom could not believe it, and others pitied the distress which the Jews were under, but there were many of them who were hereby induced to a more bitter hatred than ordinary against our nation. But for Caesar, he excused himself before God as to this matter, and said that he had proposed peace and liberty to the Jews, as well as an oblivion of all their former insolent practices, but that they, instead of concord, had chosen sedition. Instead of peace, war, and before satiety and abundance, a famine, that they had begun with their own hands to burn down that temple which we have preserved hitherto, and that therefore they deserved to eat such food as was this. That, however, this horrid action of eating an own child ought to be covered with the overthrow of their very own country itself, and that men ought not to leave such a city upon the habitable earth to be seen by the sun, wherein mothers are thus fed, although such food be fitter for the fathers than for the mothers to eat of, since it is they that continue still in a state of war against us, after they have undergone such miseries as these. And at the same time that he said this, he reflected on the desperate condition these men must be in. Nor could he expect that such men could be recovered to sobriety of mind, after they had endured those very sufferings, for the avoiding thereof, it only was probable they might have repented. End of Book 6, Chapter 3